My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, The Story Podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 168, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Isaiah 24 through 28. Isaiah 24. See, the Lord is going to lay waste the earth and devastate it. He will ruin its face and scatter its inhabitants. It will be the same for the priests as for people, for the master as for his servant, for the mistress as for her servant, for seller as for buyer, for borrower as for lender, for debtor as for creditor. The earth will be completely laid waste and totally plundered. The Lord has spoken this word. The earth dries up and withers. The world languishes and withers. The heavens languish with the earth. The earth is defiled by its people. They have disobeyed the laws, violated the statutes, and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must bear their guilt. Therefore, earth's inhabitants are burned up, and very few are left. The new wine dries up, and the vine withers. All the merrymakers groan. The joyful timbrels are stilled. The noise of the revelers has stopped. The joyful harp is silent. No longer do they drink wine with a song. The beer is bitter to its drinkers. The ruined city lies desolate. The entrance to every house is barred. In the streets they cry out for wine. All joy turns to gloom. All joyful sounds are banished from the earth. The city is left in ruins. Its gate is battered to pieces. So will it be on the earth and among the nations. As when an olive tree is beaten or as when gleanings are left after the grape harvest. They raise their voices, they shout for joy, for the west they acclaim the Lord's majesty. Therefore, in the east, give glory to the Lord. Exalt the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. In the islands of the sea, from the ends of the earth, we hear singing, glory to the righteous one. But I said, I waste away, I waste away, woe to me. With treachery the treacherous betray. Terror and pit and snare await you. People of the earth, whoever flees at the sound of terror will fall into a pit. Whoever climbs out of the pit will be caught in a snare. The floodgates of the heavens are opened. The foundations of the earth shake. The earth is broken up. The earth is split asunder. The earth is violently shaken. The earth reels like a drunkard. It sways like a hut in the wind. So heavy upon it is the guilt of its rebellion that it falls never to rise again. In that day, the Lord will punish the powers in the heavens above and the kings on the earth below. They will be herded together like prisoners bound in a dungeon. They will be shut up in prison and be punished after many days. The moon will be dismayed. The sun is shamed, for the Lord Almighty will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before its elders with great glory. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. You have made the city a heap of rubble, the fortified town a ruin, the foreigner's stronghold a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. 
Therefore, strong peoples will honor you. Cities of ruthless nations will revere you. You have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy in their distress, a shelter from the storm, and a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm driving against a wall, and like the heat of the desert. You silence the uproar of foreigners, as heat is reduced by the shadow of clouds, so the song of the ruthless is stilled. On this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine. The best of meats and the finest of wines, on this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth the Lord has spoken. In that day they will say, Surely this is our God. We trusted in Him, and He saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in Him. Let us rejoice and be glad in His salvation. The hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain, but Moab will be trampled in their land as straws trampled down in the manure. They will stretch out their hand in it as swimmers stretch out their hands to swim. God will bring down their pride despite the cleverness of their hands. He will bring down your high fortified walls and lay them low. He will bring them down to the ground, to the very dust. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter. The nation that keeps faith, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Feet trample it down, the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. The path of the righteous is level. You, the upright one, make the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. When your judgments come upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness. But when grace is shown to the wicked, they do not learn righteousness. Even in a land of uprightness, they go on doing evil and do not regard the majesty of the Lord. Lord, your hand is lifted high, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be put to shame. Let the fire reserved for your enemies consume them. Lord, you establish peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. Lord, our God, other lords besides you have ruled over us, but your name alone do we honor. They are now dead. They live no more. Their spirits do not rise. You punished them and brought them to ruin. You wiped out all memory of them. You have enlarged the nation, Lord. You have enlarged the nation. You have gained glory for yourself. You have extended all the borders of the land. Lord, they came to you in their distress. When you disciplined them, they could barely whisper a prayer. As a pregnant woman about to give birth rise and cries out in her pain, so were we in your presence, Lord. We were with children. We writhed in labor, but we gave birth to wind. We have not brought salvation to the earth, and the people of the world have not come to life. But your dead will live, Lord. Their bodies will rise. Let those who dwell in the dust wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. Go, my people, 
enter your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath is passed by. See, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will disclose the bloodshed on it. The earth will conceal its slain no longer. In that day, the Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce, great and powerful sword, Leviathan, the gliding serpent, Leviathan, the coiling serpent. He will slay the monster of the sea. In that day, sing about a fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, watch over it. I water it continually. I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. I am not angry. If only there were briars and thorns confronting me, I would march against them in battle. I would set them all on fire or else let them come to me for refuge. Let them make peace with me. Yes, let them make peace with me. In days to come, Jacob will take root. Israel will bud and blossom and fill all the world with fruit. Has the Lord struck her as he struck down those who struck her? Has she been killed as those were killed who killed her? By warfare and exile, you contend with her. With his fierce blast, he drives her out. As on a day, the east wind blows. But this then will Jacob's guilt be atoned for. And this will be the full fruit of the removal of his sin, when he makes all the altar stones to be like limestone crushed to pieces. No Asherah poles or incense altars will be left standing. The fortified city stands desolate, an abandoned settlement, forsaken like the wilderness. There the caves graze, there they lie down, they strip its branches bare. When its twigs are dry, they are broken off, and women come and make fires with them. For this is a people without understanding, so their maker has no compassion on them, and their creator shows them no favor. In that day the Lord will thresh from the flowing Euphrates to the wadi of Egypt, and you, Israel, will be gathered up one by one. And in that day a great trumpet will sound. Those who were perishing in Assyria and those who were exiled in Egypt will come and worship the Lord on the holy mountain in Jerusalem. Woe to that wreath, the pride of Ephraim's drunkards, to the fading flower, his glorious beauty, set on the head of a fertile valley, to that city, the pride of those laid low by wine. See, the Lord has won, who is powerful and strong, like a hailstorm and a destructive wind, like a driving rain and a flooding downpour. He will throw it forcefully to the ground. That wreath, the pride of Ephraim's drunkards, will be trampled underfoot. That fading flower, his glorious beauty, set on the head of a fertile valley, will be like figs ripe before harvest. As soon as people see them and take them in hand, they swallow them. In that day, the Lord Almighty will be a glorious crown, a beautiful wreath for the remnant of his people. He will be a spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment, a source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. And these all stagger from wine and reel from beer. Priests and prophets stagger from beer and are befuddled with wine. They reel from beer. They stagger when seeing visions. They stumble when rendering decisions. All the tables are covered with vomit, and there is not a spot without filth. Who is it he is trying to teach? To whom is he explaining his message? To children weaned from their milk, to those just taken from the breast? For it is, do this, do that, a rule for this, a rule for that, a little here, a little there. Very well then, with foreign lips and strange tongues, God will speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the resting place, like the weary rest, and this is the place of repose." But they would not listen. 
So then the word of the Lord to them will become, do this, do that, a rule for this, a rule for that, a little here, a little there, so that as they go, they will fall backward. They will be injured and snared and captured. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers who rule this people in Jerusalem. You boast, we have entered into a covenant with death. With the realm of the dead, we have made an agreement. When an overwhelming scourge sweeps by, it cannot touch us, for we have made a lie our refuge and falsehood our hiding place. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. Hail will sweep away your refuge, the lie, and water will overflow your hiding place. Your covenant with death will be annulled. Your agreement with the realm of the dead will not stand. When the overwhelming scourge sweeps by, you will be beaten down by it. As often as it comes, it will carry you away. Morning after morning, by day and by night, it will sweep through. The understanding of this message will bring sheer terror. The bed is too short to stretch out on, the blanket too narrow to wrap around you. The Lord will rise up as he did at Mount Perizim. He will rouse himself as in the valley of Gibeon to do his work, his strange work, and perform his task, his alien task. Now stop your mocking, or your chains will become heavier. The Lord, the Lord Almighty, has told me of the destruction decreed against the whole land. Listen. And hear my voice, pay attention and hear what I say. When a farmer plows for planting, does he plow continually? Does he keep on breaking up and working the soil? When he has leveled the surface, does he not sow caraway and scatter cumin? Does he not plant wheat in its place, barley in its plot, and spelt in its field? His God instructs him and teaches him the right way. Caraway is not threshed with a sledge, nor is the wheel of a cart rolled over cumin. Caraway is beaten out with a rod and cumin with a stick. Grain must be ground to make bread, so one does not go on threshing it forever. The wheels of a threshing cart may be rolled over it, but one does not use horses to grind grain. All this also comes from the Lord Almighty, whose plan is wonderful, whose wisdom is magnificent. Backing up as a reminder, Isaiah is considered a major prophet, not because this work is better, but much longer. It's 66 chapters, and Dr. Mackey and Marty Solomon organize it similarly yet differently. Dr. Mackey organizes Isaiah into two parts, and Marty Solomon, four parts. Marty Solomon names chapters 1 through 12 vineyards and describes it as the condemnation of Judah, with glimpses of what God wanted it to be and a glimmer of restorative hope. Dr. Mackey describes chapters 1 through 12 as judgment and hope for the city of Jerusalem. Then Dr. Mackey describes chapters 13 to 27 as judgment and hope for the nations, and chapters 28 to 39 as the rise and fall of Jerusalem. But Dr. Mackey puts chapters 1 through 39 into judgment and hope, part 1, followed by 40 to 66, part 2, about hope, the servant who God called into missional story and the servant who inherited God's kingdom. Dr. Mackey also points to this broader three-stroke image being painted into Isaiah of a suffering servant, a covenant family of all nations, and a renewed creation. Similar, but slightly different, Marty Solomon puts chapters 13 to 39, which we're in the middle of today, together into the woes. 
as in woe to and not woe there. There are a lot of accusations brought to a lot of people and places. Marty then describes chapters 40 to 54 being about a servant and 55 to 66 about hope. We'll focus today on what Marty Solomon calls the woe section of Isaiah, and that's the part we're in, and Dr. Mackey describes it as the tale of two cities, the lofty city that is prideful and oppressive, and it will result in ruin, as the New Jerusalem is the opposite, another type of city, a city of shalom, which is coming. Remember, this is also in the midst of Assyrian captivity and a new, even more destructive enemy that will totally decimate Jerusalem beyond Assyrian's destruction, Babylon. Remember back to Isaiah 14, verse 3, when the prophet Isaiah was speaking specifically to the king of Babylon? Marty Solomon describes how it's interesting that some people take the verses from this chapter and apply them to Satan. Remember the passage about the morning star in chapter 14 of Isaiah, which in Latin is translated to Lucifer, and this is how Satan gets this name. Marty Solomon and other biblical scholars challenge our thinking on this because the prophet Isaiah names who he's talking to in this chapter, and it's not a fallen angel or celestial beast, but the king of Babylon. It's interesting to reflect on and look into further, so I wanted to share that tidbit to give you the opportunity to check it out. We'll revisit this when we get to Ezekiel chapter 28, too. Through chapters 13 to present, we see Isaiah condemning other nations like Babylon, Assyria, Philistia, Moab, Damascus, Egypt, Cush, Babylon again, Edom, Arabia, and we also see that God is also accusing his own people who are acting just like these other nations, full of idols, pride, and oppressive and violent behavior. Marty Solomon describes how everyone is serving themselves and hurting people, including his own people, and we get this pretty clear sense that this makes God angry, perhaps also sad and disappointed, because he designed and wants people to be in the missional purpose, this creation care and clearly restorative mission of putting the world back together with him. In chapter 24, we read about Isaiah's prophecy against Tyre, and then it just turns into this accusation, judgment, devastation against the whole earth. Like we see typically patterned out, there is a glimpse of hope still in parts of chapters 25 and 27, but as Marty Solomon says, this part of the story is really hard to read. The sadness, darkness, judgment, the tragedy cannot even be masked by the poetry. It doesn't seem to help like Marty Solomon says, and I tend to agree. It's like trudging into a sinkhole of sludge. These stories can also be hard to understand because it's like squishing together many sermons given by a prophet to different people on different days in seemingly slightly different contexts with different messages of import. But overall, the message is clear. Judgment is coming, but there is a suffering servant king. There is a redeemer Messiah coming. There is a God who cannot let evil endure, but a God that is also compassionate and responds to suffering. Yes, there is a lot of woe, but there is also a lot of wow and awe at a God that never gives up on us, who is going to make a way through the chaos, a way out of the sinkhole, they and we find ourselves in. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. 
filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.